0: Hi, guys. It's Jenny. Do you like our show? If you do, tell your friends. Go to Apple Podcasts. If you haven't written a five-star review yet, please, please do it. That is the best way that we can be seen by new people, and it helps us out quite a bit. So if you want to support the show, writing a review will go a long way. That's it, pals.
1: Welcome to the Melrose Place podcast where we rewatch, recap and analyze every single dang episode of this hit 90s TV series Melrose Place.
0: I'm Jenny Hill.
1: I'm Dan.
0: Let's get started.
1: Episode 29, Framing of the Shrews, air date May 15th, 1995.
0: We begin this episode at Wilshire Memorial, where Matt, the ambassador of the hospital, is receiving all of the Melrose Place tenants to let them know about Jake's status. You'll remember we ended last episode with Jake being shot in the gut at shooters. Words traveled fast. The friends at Melrose Place want to know his condition. And of course, Matt's the one that's going to be the one to tell them.
1: It's Sid, Billy, Joe, Jess, and Amanda. Where's Jane? Jane should be there. She's made out with Jake. Jake has helped her regain her sister. They've also had a romantic relationship. Although it was short, romantic nonetheless. Jane should be there.
0: You know, she might have a fashion show. You remember her two little cohorts that
1: helped her.
0: Her her little freaks. Maybe maybe they're doing a show that night. I don't know. They're not around.
1: It seems like they're trying to cut corners and not pay Jane what she deserves. (laughs) She should be in this episode. But apparently, Matt knows the whole lay of the land. The bullet went in and out. It shattered a piece of his rib. And Joe is like, I need to see Jake.
0: But Jake's got to go into surgery because yeah. a part of his artery was severed. It's life-threatening. And Matt's like, no, he's the gatekeeper. He's not letting anybody pass because, quite frankly, Jake didn't ask for anybody there except one person.
1: Yeah, Matt becomes a fucking game show host at this point, And he's like, Jake hasn't asked for anyone. Except Amanda. <laughs> Come on down. You won. And you get it's to CJ. Jay. So
0: weird to me. Why would he want to see Amanda out of everybody?
1: Well, let's go through it. He's punched Billy in the face. He hates. He's, he's not great friends with Billy anymore. He, Sid has quit on him without a second's notice. They have also had sex um Je- he thinks Jess is partially responsible for this Jane isn't there maybe that's why Jane isn't there cuz he would have probably had Jane come in mm-hmm. and Joe is with Jess so he thinks that Joe won't believe him so all of that it's it's Amanda
0: so Amanda's the lucky one like Dan said Joe is really Trying to get in there, trying to see him.
1: Why does Joe need to see him? Because she's... He said to her, I don't want anything to do with you if you're with Jess. Done.
0: But this is a life or death situation. Of course, Joe and Jake have a long history. She wants to be there to support him. And maybe this tragedy can put some things in perspective for her. Mm. But anyway.
1: why? And why does Matt, I have a lot of questions about this. Why does Matt in social services own the hospital?
0: See, that's what I always want to know. Why he has so much leeway with everything at the hospital.
1: Sorry, guys.
0: Any department, he's like the head of it.
1: He's a spokesperson for Wilshire Memorial. Yeah. And he got that job as a favor from Michael. That's a pretty damn good favor. So Jake gets Amanda as they're rolling him into surgery. And he's like, Amanda, just did this to me. If anything happens to me promise you'll see that just pays. He has to pay. He has to pay.
0: <laughs> and so we cut to the opening credits.
1: We get those, and then we get sexy ass Brooke.
0: Well, first, there's some really cool, funky music, a few establishing shots. And then we get to Brooke walking confidently (sighs) into D&D, getting to her cubicle.
1: What a dream.
0: She is gorgeous. I will will say, Mm. out of everybody, she's definitely got the most sex appeal of all the girls, in my opinion.
1: Would you say she's got it all?
0: She's got Got it all. all. She's got it all. She's.
1: That used to be the Joe song, I think.
0: (laughs) The Joe fakes
1: the fake music song.
0: She's got it all. Yeah, it used to be.
1: Uh, Now, I have a question.
0: So she walks in, she sits down at her desk, and her first order of business is taking out the letter that Allison had written for Billy, which she crumpled up promptly and threw onto the floor of her car. This is like the next day. Why would she wait until 24 hours later while she's at work. work to open it and read it?
1: Because they were probably like, fuck, I don't have, we don't have Brooke's home set up or her set. I mean, I think
0: it go. it's going to be like, fuck, if we have her open it and read it in a different location, Billy can't find it later on. It's got to be a d and a place that they share that he can find. He can find it. But it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if this is your romantic rival, wouldn't you, the moment she walked through those doors... And you drove away. Wouldn't you go to like a parking lot and read it right then and there?
1: Yeah. And why is no one at work?
0: Because I think she got there early, explicitly to read the letter at work at her desk. And why is,
1: I don't understand, like, she went through the actions of crumpling it before reading it. To read it.
0: So she uncrumples it. She reads it. And then we have... And it's
1: would by Allison. Yeah, we have
0: a voiceover of Allison just basically like, Billy, this all happened so fast. I'm now on my way to Hong Kong and I regret not having to see you. This has all put things into perspective for me and I realize that I really do love you. If you love me too, I'll be back on a plane tomorrow. Just tell me. I leave the future in your hands, Billy.
1: She says, I'll leave our relationship in your hands, Billy.
0: Yeah, and then she also says... Bad move. She also says, if you don't feel the same way, please feel free to sever all ties with me. Bye.
1: This letter is the equivalent of like a first grade. Do you like me? Check yes. Yes. Or no or check no and then send it back.
0: <laughs> so Brooke doesn't like the sounds of this and she says to herself, Well this won't do and she takes the letter and shreds it right there.
1: Can you believe the just the size of that shredder? And it had a huge button on it.
0: Well, things weren't as compact as they are today. Yeah. But Brooke thinks that she can do better on this letter to Billy. So she goes to her computer. I thought that she was going to be sending some computer mail. Mm. But this was going to be typed out and printed to be given to Billy.
1: Types a new one. Just starts off with like, dear Billy. And then we cut to the next scene.
0: Which is Wilshire Memorial, where Jake is still in bed and Amanda's there at his bedside holding his hand, being that support system. Yeah, the rock for Jake.
1: And then Sydney strolls in and she's playing her whole like, oh, I, am, I also love Jake. And uh, Amanda asks her immediately, like, what are you doing here? And Sydney says, yeah, bitch, you are not the only one who loves Jake, all right? (laughs) He's had sex with everyone on this show.
0: Yeah, if you didn't know. And then Jake wakes up and he's like, oh, Amanda, I had a dream that you were yelling at all of my doctors.
1: Oh, Jake, that's not a dream. I screamed at everyone to get you a private room because that's how hospitals work. (laughs) You would get escorted out. The
0: louder you scream, the more they give you what you want.
1: Right. And then um, Sydney's like, oh, hey, Jake, I got you these motorcycle magazines for you to look at. What? Is that a thing?
0: Well, I think yes. Back in the 80s and 90s, there was a magazine publication for virtually any hobby, any interest, Anything you could ever imagine.
1: But I mean, is he having like time awake to like flip through a magazine and read intently? I feel like right now it's just rest.
0: (laughs) Well, she's she got every single type of motorcycle magazine they carried at the newsstand. He's like, okay, well, thanks, Sydney. Thanks for coming. He then looks at Amanda and says, will you please stay? And Sydney sits down thinking that this is an invitation to her and Amanda says I think he means that one of us should stay implying that you need to leave bitch
1: yeah it's like I hate this Amanda you don't own Jake it's and- like anytime someone gets hurt someone always like tries to Like be be their proxy, the owner of them. You you know
0: what? I just feel like the Jake and Amanda relationship was so ill matched, and they're just—I don't don't want it to happen
1: again. Please, I don't
0: see it. I don't think that they have any chemistry. It's just a path that we've gone down that I don't want to go down again.
1: Their entire relationship was Amanda being like, "I'm horny." And like, do
0: me now, but you have to do what I say. Dress up in a bow tie. Come to dinner yeah. with my shareholders.
1: I'm not your little doll, Amanda. <laughs> Let's not do that I again.
0: beg to differ. Come do me again.
1: You can't treat me like this, Amanda.
0: Yeah, I, I just hate them together, and I really think that we're going to be... Seeing them reunite and reconcile in a romantic way. I hope I'm wrong. Please be um, right. But then Sydney leaves. So we then go to Brooke and Billy and they...
1: They're in the, at their cubicles. Oh, that's right. And, and Billy is like, huh, just nothing from Allison, huh? And, and Brooke is like, well, she, she did give me this letter for you. So I, she, here you go. So
0: she produces this letter. It's the one that she typed herself that morning. It's and, pretty cold. Uh-huh. It's
1: just like Billy. Things aren't working out. Goodbye.
0: I'd like to sever all ties <laughs> with you. Goodbye. It was. it's yeah. Pretty much that's the gist of it. Billy even says, well, "Wow, that's really cold coming from Allison." Yeah,
1: and then he goes, "Classic, Allison." Why? Why put any ounce of thought into it? And then, of
0: course, can, Brooke was like, "And at least she could have written it out to you instead of just type typing it up on her PC."
1: Ugh, on her, on her. Uh, fuck. What was that computer company?
0: Microcomp.
1: Yeah. Wait, mic- was it? it was a yeah, microcomp? yeah Microcomp on her Microcomp computer mail machine? So <laughs> he reads that letter and he's just like, "Well, fuck it." It's
0: done. And he's like, I gotta go. Can you cover for me? Yeah. And Brooke is like, anything. And then you can see that little sly smile come across her face like, ha ha, ha my little, plan is working.
1: That little witch. Now we go to Wilshire Memorial where they have love this gym now. Okay. Where it, it's every other scene. It's I like, kind
0: of feel like this gym is the same as, it's the same room as Matt's office and the filing cabinet room mm-hmm. i think it's the same exact room that they just keep dressing as the gym or as the filing cabinet room it makes sense. it looks exactly the same
1: it's probably also the rehab that michael's in where the dogs were barking
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does not like this doesn't look like a gym at all it's like a office space that has a couple of like benches where you can do like bench presses and like a few like old posters it's like, it's of like, like the human anatomy I, It just it's so weird it's
1: like a garage gym so uh paul is doing uh the bench press and matt is like so pissed at him he walks over to him as he's completing his set and he pushes the the barbell uh, up he extends his arms and then matt just like takes it, and pushes it down, and, like, racks it. And, like, Paul's like, what the hell, man? You you trying to kill me?
0: And then Matt fires back with, I'll leave that to your wife.
1: And then Paul is like, look, Matt, I I had to tell her about us. I
0: told her that I found someone else. And of course, she thought it was a woman. So I had to tell her the truth. She deserves that. And then, of course, Matt is like, well, great. You make me look out to be the bad guy. Look, I'm seducing you. And you are very much a willing participant in this.
1: My problem is us. What the hell is us? They just did it twice. But like, there's no us. At this point, you know.
0: Well, I think okay. Matt always catches feelings for people. Like Matt's not the type of guy that's just gonna go have one but night stand. Paul
1: uses uses us. Yeah, like, I, I want to tell her wife about us.
0: Well, I'm Matt,
1: not. I'm not feeling it.
0: Matt's pretty persistent in that he need, He thinks that. Paul needs to discuss everything with his wife and that he doesn't want to be a part of this, even though Paul keeps saying, I need you. This is such a tough time for me. You need to be there for me. Paul's
1: pretty needy. Yeah,
0: he really is. And Matt is like, well, okay, I'll be there for you, but as a friend and that's it.
1: Paul is what we'll call a thirsty bitch. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so next up we're back at shooters and the cops are there getting statements kind of looking at the crime scene sydney's there there's caution tape all around the bar from where jake was shot and then jess walks in and he just starts like getting he's, he's the bar, ready. The bar yeah. yeah
1: and um sydney's like what the hell are you doing here asshole and and jess is like i'm next to kin i just rehired myself what?
0: Yeah, this doesn't make sense. Like, uh, Jake was clear that he didn't want Jess to be in the bar at all. He was fired. He's not supposed to have a job there. And then Jess even says, I'm here because I'm family. And you're here because you wish you were.
1: And then she's like, she fires back. Well, that's why Jake let me in the room and kicked your ass out.
0: Oh, he'll get over it, Sydney. You know how angry siblings can get when you sleep with their exes.
1: That was a wicked burn.
0: Sick burn.
1: Sick. And
0: it's funny, like Jess already knows like Sid's deal.
1: Well, I'm sure Joe just feeds him in. Filled him in
0: with everything.
1: Yeah, so there we leave them just arguing about who is who's helping Jake the most and who is needed. And, and then
0: we're whisked away to exotic Hong Kong.
1: Okay. And what the fuck is that boat?
0: It's this like rickety old, like...
1: It looked like the black boat pearl. Boat from the
0: 1800s. I, I saw
1: that shit on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Like,
0: how is that indicative of Hong Kong? And I'm, I'm so, I've never been to China. I can't, like, pretend to be an expert with, like, what their ship vessels look like, but... That does not look Chinese to me in any way. Look like
1: the Baltimore Inner (laughs) Harbor.
0: The tall ships.
1: And then um, they show, like, you know, the stereotypical, like, Chinaman... Oh, the rickshaw. ...running with, like, a a chariot. It's called a rickshaw, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not a rickshaw master (laughs) or anything. But um, I, I, I feel like this whole... Scene is cultural appropriation by Allison. No,
0: I feel like it's just shot in Marina Del Rey. And they're like, hmm, what do we have to do to make this look like China?
1: They So Allison walks into her office. It looks like fucking Hunan Manor. Like a Chinese restaurant. What, like the doorway is like a round uh, cylindrical knot door with like Chinese writing on it.
0: It's very... Traditional Chinese. It's got a lot of reds. Got a lot of.
1: We'll say traditional racist Chinese. Like if you were to think Chinese and you didn't know anything about Chinese, you'd be like, "All right, yeah, this is Chinese." You know. I guess. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's traditional Chinese.
0: Okay, so. Allison is very impressed by her new office. Her uh, assistant, Lynn, lets her know that that is actually Mr. Armstrong's office. And she must be a big deal for him to give it up for her. Because
1: it's the best view in Hong Kong. Her office.
0: Yep. Um, So we learn that Allison's title is... It, well, what she's doing there is she's going to supervise the marketing division of an international manufacturing company.
1: Sounds important.
0: Right. So she, Allison's going to take the day to get acclimated and going to do some site visits and meeting some people, her higher ups the next day. She sits at her desk but and calls f- Billy.
1: First rule, rule of business is a long distance call. D&D.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. So sit down. Well, you know, she's she is running the marketing division of an international mark- manufacturing company. She so, can do whatever she pleases.
1: So personal phone call. First thing on the... <laughs>
0: Long distance and back in 94, that ain't cheap, baby.
1: Hell no. So she calls D&D, get, gets the receptionist, and asks for Billy as he is walking out of D&D with Brooke. And... The receptionist hollers, oh, Billy, call for you. It's Allison. And then Brooke has Billy's ear. And she's like, oh, Billy, darling, we have dinner reservations. And we're going to be late if you take that call. So then Billy's just like, tell her I've left for the day. He's owned. She owns him.
0: We now head over to Wilshire Memorial, where Dr. Kimberly Shaw has entered the break room. And she's going into her locker And when she opens it, she sees a wig form with her wig on top and a knife stabbed through the eye of the wig head. And there is a letter and it says,
1: You forgot something. (laughs) And it's written in Hershey's strawberry syrup.
0: I thought it was like ruby red nail polish.
1: It, I don't know. It looks very syrupy.
0: So Kimberly, it's,
1: it's on a slant. So I feel like dripping. it, it would have ran down if it was anything thinner than syrup.
0: Now, Kimberly sees this and just starts screaming. And there are some other medical professionals there in the break room with her. And they kind of come to console her. And then they get Michael Mancini in there because, of course, she's trying to pass this off as Michael's handiwork.
1: The scream is so over the top. I mean, where would you put this in the in, in the scheme of like whore flowers, die bitch card, you forgot something? It's probably a th- like the lowest. Well. It's not that scary. Or uh, like the phone call. The knife like,
0: through the eye is a little disconcerting to me. <laughs> you know?
1: But more than spray painted. Black flowers. Yeah, I
0: think that that's more because.
1: You think this is more troubling?
0: Uh, than the bitch card or horror flowers? Yeah. Yes.
1: I think whore flowers, because whore flowers takes time. You know?
0: This is a physical threat. Like, I want to put a blade through your eyeball,
1: through a styrofoam head.
0: I mean, I think it's kind of telling you that, like, you're going to get murdered. So she's all like, <gasps> Michael how could you be so cruel
1: and michael alba's like whistling into this room like doop 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 doop. do and then everyone's staring at him and he's like what what do i have something in my teeth what's going on
0: <laughs> and then he takes a peek over at uh, kimberly's locker and he's like oh, okay i get it you think i did this
1: she's like what why can't you just leave me alone michael he's and like, then
0: Everyone here knows I've been trying to leave you alone. That's all I
1: want to do for for months. And then after Michael says this, everyone else like looks at each other and nods and just walks out yeah. of the room. Yeah, and then the same they just time. leave.
0: It's so strange. Whenever they they have this blocking at the hospital, and there's like group scenes with doctors and different like medical staff that we don't know, and they like okay, everyone leaves, and it's like they just turn on a dime together and walk out at the same time.
1: Cause they don't want to pay anybody to like, it's very weird. Like
0: it's very weird. There's nothing said. It's just like, like they just go.
1: So we're, we're on the same page here in the sense that we, we think that Kimberly did this herself and tried to scare, scare herself and everybody else. Right.
0: Oh, absolutely. And Kimberly calls Amanda and says, you know, he's really turning up the heat on me. I really need to meet you for dinner. I need a friend. Would you come tonight at eight o'clock? I think we should talk.
1: And Amanda's like, yeah, maybe it is time to join forces. (laughs) So we go back to Hong Kong. Brooke is now on the line to Allison. And Allison immediately asks about Billy. Now, Brooke because she is dating him now as well, says that he seems torn and wants to start his life over. And Brooke is like, look, Allison, Billy needs to find his own niche. Um, You know, you're very successful. He's probably threatened by that. And I'm really just calling you because I don't think he will. He thinks it's done.
0: Yeah, and you just deserve to know this stuff. So, of course, Allison is very disappointed. Brooke is like, all right, well, bye. And that's just yet another nail in the Allison coffin.
1: And Brooke hangs up um, just as soon as Billy walks up. And he's like, "Hope all, that wasn't important.
0: Yeah, she goes, you have a bright future. Bye. And then she's like, yeah, just an old friend.
1: Mm-mm-mm. Slimy. Mm-mm. So, D&D, Amanda is leaving the parking lot for dinner with Kimberly. Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
1: She's, she's walking le- through the parking lot. Yeah, she's lot.
0: leaving the parking lot of D&D, ready yeah. to get in her car to drive over to meet Kimberly.
1: No, she's got her power heels on and a cement floor. So, we're hearing it, the click, clack, click, clack.
0: Now, click, we can clack. only assume it's late. There's really no other cars there in the parking garage. And I got to tell you, Dan... This is the parking garage at the Technicolor building. Is it? I swear it is. I used to have to park there when I worked at City Walk and Universal Studios. I know those elevator signs like no other. Um, so she's walking and then she hears footsteps behind her. And,
1: and- then we got your cliche camera angle of a tracker. They did this with Sandy... And Paul.
0: They love to get just just shots of shoes walking and be like, who do these feet belong to? And they
1: always go like click 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 and then to the next person. Click 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 click. And we were supposed to think like oh shit. This it's is Michael. Michael is going to
0: come. Oh, and that's exactly what Amanda thinks. So she looks back and she's like, Michael, I know that's you. And then we hear the other set of footsteps scurry over, yet you can still see pants and shoes, and clearly it's men's shoes and pants.
1: Show yourself, you spineless coward. <laughs> what is this, a sword fight on a, on a pirate ship? You spineless coward.
0: So the Amanda runs to her car, which again is the only car in the parking lot. And we've got to assume that this is 7 PM, maybe? Like everyone Sleep. cut out a really seven? So she goes to her car and as she's gonna get into her driver's side door, she notices that somebody has spray painted die bitch <laughs> in white <laughs> spray paint. All over her cute little red convertible.
1: Now, if someone did this to your car, what would you do immediately? Would you I get would, in it? Yes. I don't know if I'd get in it.
0: I would get in it only if I thought someone was following me, as Amanda did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I walked up there and there was nobody else there, maybe I'd be hesitant to get in it. But that's your like refuge. That's your safe space and it's a vehicle to get you out of there. Yeah. You're in a deserted parking garage and you think that someone's after you? Yeah. You got to get, you got to go in your car and leave.
1: Was there a keyless entry in 95? No. So she her car was just unlocked in that parking lot. Cuz she just runs around it oddly. She doesn't it's parked up against the wall. She doesn't run to the to the back of the car and around to the door. She runs to the front of the car and around to the door and then just opens the door and gets in. Hmm. So I found that weird that the, the blocking there and then the fact that her, she didn't have to like, cause that's a great, uh, uh, suspenseful scene. You could have had her like wrestling for the keys. Like, Oh my God,
0: give me the keys, give me the keys, give me,
1: and then just kind of get in. Yeah, I agree. But Or like she drops him or something like like Allison did against the fence. Oh, yeah. And the guy was like, suck my dick, bitch. <laughs>
0: Ew, I don't think he or, said that. What
1: do you think? He was like, you're not going to this play. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was she was
0: coming back from the ballet.
1: Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. right. Um, but, you know, I, the missed opportunity there. But she gets in and just speeds away.
0: Now, seconds later, like we see her car back out of the spot. And then the person who was pursuing her in the parking garage runs out where if Amanda just looked in her rear view mirror, it would be very clear as yep. to who this person is. Cause they're not trying to disguise their face in any way. And it's Kimberly just wearing a man's suit with man's man shoes. Yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> and then we get a shot of her face. And then the, the classic,
0: the classic Kimberly Shaw exhale yeah. after she's done something dastardly.
1: I've done <gasps> it.
0: <laughs> so Amanda speeds off and we cut to the next scene.
1: We're back at the hospital. Jess shows up to see Jake. And Jake's first line is get out of here. And then Joe shows up too. To corroborate Jess's story or alibi that he wasn't that he was with Joe when Jess was getting shot.
0: Right. So Jake still is convinced that Jess is behind this um this threat on his life. He thinks that just Jess- arranged him to be shot which we as the audience know he did but as dan said joe is like look we were together that night J- just had nothing to do with it and jake finds this even more of a slap in the face like oh so you tried to have me killed and while that was happening you're sleeping with my ex-girlfriend great
1: like, perfect and then jess like throws an envelope Full of money onto Jake's belly. And he's like, here you go. This is uh, today's sales from the bar.
0: I didn't deposit it yet because I wanted you to see it so you didn't think I stole anything.
1: And I don't have access to your bank accounts. But I'm a great guy, so here you go.
0: Now, okay, I have a couple <laughs> questions. Jess has been working at Tudor's for, like, how long, Dan? If you had to guess,
1: 72 hours. Two, I
0: mean, like, <laughs> I'm thinking at maximum two weeks. Max. Like, max two weeks. You're telling me that there is no other employee that would like know how to run the bar. How in the world does Jess even know, like, how to do the deposits?
1: Climb the ladder to success, escalator style. Biggie Smalls. Okay. He is. That on doesn't the,
0: really answer my question.
1: He's on the fast track. He re, He did run. The where was he working? The gas station. It's
0: like the, the. I think he had his own like mechanic shop.
1: Yeah. So like it wasn't. It wasn't doing well per se because he's just sit, sitting there with a screwdriver <laughs> and a part uh. when someone comes <laughs> in. But that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to like reconcile and like. I don't count, know, Dan. Count a drawer. It
0: just doesn't make sense to me because, like, running a mechanic shop versus running a bar are two completely different animals.
1: I mean, i It I've, just seems I've,
0: weird that there's just, like, no plan B in place. Like, yeah. had Jess not stepped up to do this, like, who would be doing it? Would Sydney? Is there, like, a manager? Because bartender i mean is there somebody there that could it just seems so weird
1: yeah there's no hierarchy at shooters this is sort of a free-for-all after jake
0: now jake is like get out of my room and stay out of my bar
1: then jess fires back listen you ungrateful jerk i'm gonna work at your bar (laughs) until you're better
0: and it's like, yeah, he's dude, like, what the fuck? I'm going to work there until you are well enough to physically stop me. Until then, I'm going to make sure your business stays afloat.
1: And he's like, your employees need to get paid and people need to eat.
0: And I'm just kind of like, why is it up to you, Jess? Yeah, there's got to be somebody else that's worked there for longer than like five minutes that knows how to keep the bar running. It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: If they had cell phones, Jake's phone would be blowing up with texts like "Uh, the bus boy is now thinking he's the manager. (laughs) 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 Uh, Jake, remember that guy who stole that credit card?
0: (laughs) He's like telling he wrote the schedule this week. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so...
1: Did you train him how to like (laughs) Cash out?
0: so weird. I just think it's the strangest thing. But then Jake like takes it. He like looks away and he's just like, well, I guess he's right.
1: And I just like... Yo, this is not how life works. It's
0: so weird.
1: Like you can't just roll up on somebody at the hospital and be like, I'm taking over your business until you're back. (laughs) And then it's like...
0: Like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. Okay. Make,
1: Make me not. All right. The only way to stop me is to like physically <laughs> detain me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna take over your business.
0: <laughs> so weird.
1: Very, very strange. So now we are at the dinner with Amanda and Kimberly. They're sitting at a bar and they're discussing their mutual enemy, sort of like girl power, chumming it up, like talking shit about Michael talking about how like he likes to work alone so so they need to really stick together and he'll hate that
0: well and of course kimberly comes in all chipper like thank you so much for meeting me i'm sorry i'm late and she can tell immediately that amanda has gone through something traumatizing
1: and amanda sees kimberly and she's like hey why do you have size nine man shoes on (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I mean,
0: Kimberly is totally back in her girl clothes, and she's playing it off really well that she had nothing to do with the whole die, bitch, parking garage fiasco. Right. Kimberly acknowledges that Michael does have some sort of weird charm that so many people seem to fall for, and she lets Amanda know that she's in good company, but they have to stick together together, ...to get him before he gets them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Back to shooters. The robbers from last week, they show up.
0: Yeah, so Jess is behind the bar. Freaking Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, and crew come back. And they're like, (laughs) looks like you need some air. Let's go out back.
1: And they go back to the same spot. Jess had trash sex with Joe.
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) They go back, of course, because they want to be paid. If you'll remember when Jess set up the hit, they get half up front, half when the job is done. So Jess is like, well, Jake survived. And Night Stalker is like, No kidding. I need the rest of my money. And Jess says, look, we had a deal and you screwed up. I'm not going to pay you. You didn't kill him.
1: Then dude throws Jess up against the wall that he threw Joe up against the wall too. And then Jess looks at him dead in the eye and says, big mistake. And then pushes him off.
0: It's like, Like, dude, (sighs) this guy just freaking shot your brother. And you're willing to challenge him like this? Big mistake. And then he's like, what are you going to do? Call the police? And then Night Stalker's like, look, we don't use the police to settle our business. But one way or another, our business does get settled.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Now, I've got a major problem here. I'm fine with letting a lot of stuff go because I realize that I'm watching a very campy soap opera late night drama show you know yeah we let we let stuff roll we got to get
0: that suspension of disbelief
1: yeah you know I, of course i know people can't get run over with cars and get away with it and like the wig and all this stuff and marrying brothers and brothers and 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 all kinds of craziness but
0: like within 5 days
1: yeah but this is what i cannot i could not stomach this this man came into shooters probably yesterday, right? Or the day, be- the, the day before yesterday.
0: Within 24 to 48 hours, yes.
1: This same man, this guy we're calling Richard Ramirez, he robs shooters with his buddies, no fucking masks on, no masks, full bar. This is at night. That place was packed. And shoots Jake in the stomach, then leaves. And then he's still out there. Comes back. Like the next day. Like the next motherfucking day. The entire other scenes of shooters is people speaking to police. All that I can assume that they're talking about is what this shooter looks like. So how is this guy going to walk into shooters No later than 48 hours and not be immediately tackled or placed under arrest.
0: Or like, yeah, someone identifying him and calling the police. It is a very, very good observation, Dan. It's
1: insanity. They they should have had ski masks on when they robbed it.
0: I agree. But these guys are idiots. They don't know what they're doing. It's just dumb luck.
1: I can take Sydney running a prostitution ring in a day. Okay. (laughs) I cannot take this. (laughs) I will not take noted. I can take Amanda beating cancer in four days. (laughs) I will not stand for this. (laughs) I won't.
0: Okay. So we now go over to the beach house where Michael's returning home with some groceries in hand and waiting for him on his deck is Amanda.
1: Yeah, she's now, pissed.
0: I have a couple questions, too. Okay. You'll notice that depending, I, there, the, how characters enter the, sorry, <laughs> I'm like trying to arrange this in my head how I want to phrase this. That's <laughs> all right. Okay. Characters will enter the beach house either by the front door or the back door. If you have a load of groceries that you are carrying into your house, why wouldn't you go through the front door, which is right next to the kitchen, and you have to pass the front door in order to go around to the back and then walk into the back? It just doesn't make sense.
1: He loves that side door. I've never... Have I we think ever about seen it, Michael get through?
0: Uh, yeah, he goes through the front door later this episode. Hmm. He goes through the front door a lot, actually.
1: Is the front door through the garage?
0: No, the front door is like right by the kitchen.
1: Uh, well, right, and right, you right,
0: have right. to walk by the front door in order to go to the back deck.
1: Like the front door is where the the insurance adjuster met, yes. met uh, Amanda yes. with the blankets on That's all over, the front right? door. Right, yeah. Right,
0: right. yeah it's, it's just so weird. I think about that. Every time. And I never say anything about it. But this was a time that I'm like, if you have a bunch of groceries in your hand and you're like, hmm, gonna go the long way. like Might as well. Why? And then he walks up and the sliding glass door is completely open.
1: Fuck it. Does he
0: leave it open? Beach life. Did freaking... (laughs) did, Did Amanda open it? What's the deal with that?
1: Beach life. I remember living in Columbia, Maryland. Like screen door open
0: and you'd leave your home and go shopping and come back mm, maybe no, not that. no
1: you guys always had your house open <laughs> like all the fucking time i
0: know my parents didn't have keys to our house
1: yeah what are you talking about you my know parents
0: up? didn't have keys <laughs> to our front door they didn't have keys
1: to the the house in bel-air
0: yeah they didn't have keys
1: They just didn't have them. They
0: didn't have keys to the front door. So they would use the garage as the primary entrance. Yeah. And, like, we'd come and go out the front door all the time, but that door never got locked. It did get locked at midnight because you'll remember I had the in at 12 and not at all or not at all curfew starting at the age of 16. So... (laughs) If at 16 years old, I decided I wanted to stay out later, I the option of going home was not there to me. Mm-hmm. I would sleep in my car or stay at, like, weird people's houses. Sweet. Because my parents wouldn't let me go, <laughs> go home. <laughs> um,
1: so maybe it's that sort of situation where, like, Kimberly has all the keys, you know?
0: But, oh man... <laughs> Maybe, maybe. So Amanda's hanging out on the back deck, waiting for Michael to return.
1: And she slaps him with a quote for removing die bitch off of her car.
0: Yeah. And he's like, oh, cool. Here you are violating your own restraining order, which this restraining order has been violated so many times by both parties.
1: Yeah, it's essentially not there.
0: And he's like, I'm going to get a restraining order against you. And she's like, I know you, that little stunt you pulled last night in the parking garage. Here's an estimate for all the damage that you did to my car. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It seems that there's this bandwagon of get Michael and currently Kimberly's driving it. So...
1: And I was working at Wilshire Memorial from here, from X to Z. So check the check Check
0: the log. I was there at work. I saved the guy's life. By the way, couldn't have been me. Sorry.
1: And then Amanda's just like, "Well, fuck." And then she's she leaves. Now we're at Wilshire Memorial, and Paul is approaching Matt and asks Matt well he tells Matt So I know that you have a very strict policy about married men. What are your what are your standards for men who are legally separated?
0: Now this is music to Matt's ears. He turns around and he's like, wait, you filed for divorce? And Paul's like, Yes, well, I've decided we're getting legally separated, and you know what? I'm I'm moving into a hotel. I'm ready to start seeing you, and I really want to be with you. And I want to pursue this.
1: Ugh! Why? He's not even attractive. Man, Paul? Matt's way more attractive than him.
0: Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree. But Paul, I mean, Paul's got a little little charm. He Paul's does
1: plain. He Paul does
0: is... have that Oaks vibe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's Terry part two. <laughs> he's just like weird and just plain.
0: I, I, I don't think he's that tough on the eyes. But uh, anyway, he says that he's moving into a hotel, but he needs someone to help him move his things. And he asks Matt to go to his house that evening to help move his stuff from the house to a hotel.
1: But I, you know, I want to break it, break it down for her easy. So if you could just please just wait in the car.
0: Do me a favor and wait outside for me.
1: And Matt's like, all right, okay, I will do that. So Matt's under the impression that he's going to pick up Paul. They're going to go to this hotel and they're going to start their lives together, basically. And that leaves us with Jess leaving shooters to knock on Joe's door.
0: Yeah, so Jess enters Joe's apartment and says, I only have a few minutes, and they start kissing, and he's like, I miss you. Tell me about it. I miss you too. And it's like this whole scene is them trying to talk to each other, but every four words they're kissing. Right. And she's like, wow, are we, is our relationship this shallow and superficial that it's only ba- based on sex?
1: And then Jess is like, um, what?
0: Have sex with me. They keep making out And then he says I want to show you something And he produces a pink What it looks like a ring box from his yeah. pocket. Now, Joe sees this and she's like, oh, shit. If he asks me to marry him, it's this is no. going to go bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a no. But luckily, Jess opens it and it's this horrible freaking pin that looks like it's trying to be like one of those um, cameo pins from, like, the late 1800s, but it looks like a crazy, horrible knockoff of it.
1: I think the term that you're searching for for this pin is putrid. It It is the most piece of shit... (laughs) <laughs> it, I, it's worse than Allison's first Billy engagement
0: ring. Right? No, no, Dan, nothing is worse it looks than like shrapnel. that engagement ring. This is shrapnel level It ain't jewelry. shrapnel, baby. But this is like, okay, I know back in the 90s, they were having a moment with, like, the Gibson girl in, like, the late 1800s. Like, they were bringing back that Victorian era. With, like, a components. human on it. Yeah, it's like a cameo. Uh, I, but this is not working for me. This isn't attractive in any way. It kind of looks like, like the wings you get. Like if you were a child and you were like traveling on an airplane and you did well and the flight attendant would be like, well, little Jimmy, you got your wings. (laughs) And like give you a little, like commemorative pin. It looks It looks like that. It looks
1: like the jewelry that, um... That you you make with your little girlfriends when you buy, like, like those sets. Back in the 90s, you could buy, like, jewelry-making kits. Oh, yeah. And you'd, like, press them and, like, put beads on them and shit. It looks like that.
0: And, okay, pins?
1: Yeah, who's wearing like, pins? E-
0: even in the 90s, were pins a thing? Were people like, thanks for the brooch? Yeah, like,
1: is a brooch just like a good pin?
0: It's like the same damn thing. So she's like, oh, Jess, this is beautiful. And he's like, you know what? It's not much, but it was my mom's and I just want you to have it.
1: She would have liked
0: you. And then Joe says, I think I would have liked her too. Mm. And I just am like, wanted to jump through the TV and say, well, did you like her? Because you met her.
1: Yeah continuity alert yeah
0: remember when she came to that party that you guys i think it was jake's Jake's birthday birthday party yeah you were there
1: is that like the last birthday that was celebrated on melrose place
0: Uh, maybe yeah
1: has seriously i think that's the only birthday that's been celebrated ever
0: seen so that was just kind of weird like you did meet their mom but all right
1: if not for a short time yeah you met her But hands down, that's an ugly ass pin. And you should not be proud.
0: (laughs) Okay. So now it's later that evening. We're back at the beach house. It's evening.
1: Michael's on his daily fucking midnight run. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So on the sand. Because that's safe. All right. So... We go there and Kimberly is actually crouched under the deck. She's
1: fucking hiding under his house. She watches
0: Michael run by and, and she says to herself, right on schedule. And then she goes back into the house, lets herself in and starts just...
1: She puts a pottery pot in her bag. Yeah. Yeah. And she puts another, like, a coffee mug in her bag. She
0: takes a couple of things that she takes with her. Yeah. That she puts, which, what's the significance of that? Maybe we'll see it later.
1: No, it's to, um, it's to help her story of she was getting a few to things. I
0: get, get some things.
1: Yeah. And I was missing my, my <laughs> pot. And I was, and my cup, of course. <laughs> Had to get my trusty cup.
0: Can't live without these two <laughs> things.
1: And I need my pot, so
0: <laughs> that's why I'm here.
1: That's what actually caused the fight.
0: That <laughs> Michael loves that pot. Look, and cup. He could not. <laughs> <laughs> That so, I did not realize that. That was yeah. a great observation there.
1: Clearly, officer, I'm here for my pot <laughs> and my cup.
0: So basically, she just starts
1: fucking the place just up.
0: <laughs> just taking art off the walls, smashing lamps. She, she walks over.
1: She and, takes a page from old Jakey Pooh's book.
0: <laughs> We've sips seen before. Some wine, more.
1: Sip some wine and crush it on the wall. Yeah. And then that's my move. Yo, when we when our podcast gets fucking massively large, we're going to have a party. And at the end of it, I'm chugging a bottle of wine and I'm smashing <laughs> it on the <laughs> Please wall.
0: Please don't do that in our house. It
1: won't be. No, it'll be like a rented place. But that'll like be the thing. That'll be like a thing. we. And do. then
0: we'll have to owe them a thousand dollars in Fine. a security deposit. <laughs>
1: Fine. By that time, Patreon will we'll take care of it. It'll be a okay. tier. Okay. Wine smashing.
0: And then the other thing is there is a vase of fresh flowers where I would not take Michael to be a person that would keep up fresh flowers in his home.
1: Michael loves, he loves foliage.
0: (laughs) So she picks that up. She throws that against the wall too.
1: Oh, sorry. It's a pot and like a figurine. (laughs) That she puts in her bag. Okay. Like, what the fuck?
0: So then she like messes like she scratches up her face and then like shakes up her hair. She loves shaking up her hair. Like that's something we see Kimberly do a lot. And then she just takes her her dress and just tears it from the buttons. Eh. Now she sees Michael on the beach running back toward the house. This is her cue. She picks up the phone, dials 911, and then speaks into the receiver like, Hello, I'm here at my husband, my my ex-husband's house, and he's beating me. Help me, please. Ah! And then she just throws the receiver down with her little crazy smile on. Mm. Now, Michael walks in, and he's like, um, Kimberly, what are you doing? Like she no, then she lays on the couch and pretends that she's like sleeping. Yeah. And then Michael comes in and he's like, What are you doing? And, and she
1: grabs him.
0: As he walks over and leans over to her, she grabs him and is like, Michael, I still love you. I love you, Michael. I love you. I can't leave you. And then while he's on like on top of her, because she has trapped him and has him down on her body. Two police officers come in and they're like, whoa, 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 break it up. Did she scratch
1: her own face?
0: Yeah, but I'm just kind of like, okay, those whoever did the makeup for this, those four scratches just look like someone took like... Markers. Like magic markers and just made like four little lines on her face. And they just- used
1: to have great makeup. All the
0: bruising. It does not look good. It, do, it does not look even believable. So from the police officer's perspective, it looks like Michael's attacking her. Uh, and then they put her, him in cuffs and she's like, <laughs> officers, please. He's just, I don't know why he's doing this to me.
1: And he's like, this is bullshit. What's going on? Here's one thing, guys. A note to all of you. If you are being arrested, the last thing you want to say in front of police is I'll get you. To the person
0: <laughs> that,
1: that called the police,
0: which of course that's exactly what Michael says this is being hauled you. off. I'll get you, Kimberly. <laughs> you
1: don't say that. I uh, I want to give an honorable mention to Kimberly's physicality when she takes the massive painting off the wall, throws it on the couch, and then puts and then heals it. She like fucking ninja swings her.
0: <laughs> she
1: swings her leg up and then like hop just fucking bashes. That's
0: him. training from N. That's no more victims, MV baby. That's no more victims. <laughs> that was we, fucking
1: Maureen's face. Yeah,
0: we <laughs> 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 we're seeing it in action.
1: Damn, and and MV, and uh, uh, the other thing is okay. So Michael just probably two episodes ago. Couldn't afford to live there without Sydney's paychecks mm-hmm. Sydney doesn't work anywhere. <laughs> Michael still lives there. I guess she paid the rent she for paid the, the rent month. for that
0: month, yeah. and Dan, if you'll remember, Melrose Place works like every episode is about forty eight hours, so it's only been like two days.
1: The timeline is like he, inception he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you've all seen Inception, there's like, they're in like different levels. I'm not explaining Inception to you all, in the movie, but like when they're falling off the cliff, it's like th- the whole movie, they're falling off the cliff. Yeah. That's what Melrose Place is.
0: It, it really is. Now, I forgot to mention that before all of this mayhem happens, um, Kimberly does say, let the games begin, the which games begin. I really thought was funny. Okay, so next up, we are over at Dr. Paul Graham's place. And just as he requested, Matt is, st- is outside of his car, but he's out of his car, like loitering around his car.
1: Like he's he's full on like chauffeur at this point.
0: Which I think, okay, I kind of get it. Because back in the 90s, they, the common folk didn't have cell phones. It's not like he could call and be like, Hey Paul, I'm waiting out front for you. It's like maybe Paul doesn't know his car, so Matt's like, "I ought to get out of the car and like be in front of it to let Paul know that I'm here."
1: And then we shoot to Paul. We cut to Paul just standing there, like looking out the window, and his wife walks up and hands the hands him a
0: like a, a glass of whiskey. It's, I don't know something, and they're it's like definitely
1: a nightcap.
0: They're just like looking out the window, being like, he's still there. Gosh, you'd think he'd get the picture. And Carol, his wife is like, this is crazy. I'm going to call the police. And Paul's like, no, you know what? I'm going to talk to him about it at work and just say that he's really putting his career on the line here. This is borderline stalking.
1: I have no idea what's going on. I don't spoiler.
0: either. Like I can't Wh- even speculate.
1: Like, I don't know what's why happening. Why is
0: It's like there's something very weird and like mean. Underlying for what Paul's doing?
1: Yeah, what is what's happening? I even wrote, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> Why is he putting on this front for his wife? So we go to Billy and Brooke. Now that Allison's gone, Brooke can start hanging out at Billy's, and I don't blame her because Brooke lives in Pasadena and is commuting to D and D. So this seems like a logical place for her to stay although Amanda is a couple doors down don't think doesn't I don't think she fully knows the extent of their relationship yet Mm -hmm. but they have I think they've just done it
0: they're in bed they're laying together they're just having some pillow talk
1: I think Billy has like blue dinosaur sheets (laughs) At there's least the definitely
0: comforter. royal blue and there's a lot of primary colors happening yeah. in the comforter. It's
1: like a learning blanket
0: <laughs> of some sort. I
1: think there's like a game on it of like, <laughs> this is yellow. I would... <laughs> it might even be a race car bed.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, God, he's a child. He's... The lucky son of a bitch with Brooke.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay, so they're just, like, talking, and then there's a phone call. So Billy's like, "Who I am. Who could that be?
1: But before that, he's talking about, he's like, I like thinking about kids and happily ever after. What?
0: <laughs> well, well, they- like, And he's
1: like, Allison never liked to th- talk about that. Yeah, because she got fucking molested, man.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm, from his perspective, he like that might be part of Billy's character that we don't know about. Maybe he does really want a family, and he really does want kids, and that's important to him. And that's something that Allison didn't, didn't see in her future. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. So he does say that. Then the phone rings and they speculate that the only person it could be is Allison because of the time difference. And Brooke encourages Billy to take the call because she says, you're going to have to deal with it one time or another. Might as well talk to her now and like kind of cut it off with her.
1: Yeah. So um, Brooke sort of like slinks away in her little sexy nighty. God damn. And um, Allison is talking to Billy, and she's having trouble getting settled in Hong Kong. And Billy and Allison, this scene is pretty interesting because they're both uh, speaking to each other as if Billy, Allison thinks Billy read her note. Billy thinks he's read the real note, which is the Brooks note. Right. Basically. So they're both out of context. And um, yeah, it's not a good conversation.
0: Right. So Allison says, you know, I just feel like I left so much unfinished business back in L.A., primarily you. And then Billy says, yeah, well, the reason I didn't call you was because you gave me the option to cut off all communication. So that's what I did.
1: And she takes that like. Oh,
0: I, I gave did. you two choices, either call me and if you love me I'm going to come home immediately or you sever all ties with me.
1: Yeah, the relationship is in your hands.
0: But it's just kind of like okay, if he got the letter, then he's obviously choosing option 2. And like
1: if, if you absolutely like loved him, this would be the time to be like to fight for him, you know?
0: Yeah, just be like Billy, I love you. Did you, yeah. Did I, you see my handwritten letter? Like they could have totally just yeah. made.
1: What? Now the one I read was typed. And oh, you, that wasn't my letter.
0: Yeah. And you've got to like wonder too. <laughs> Brooke so has simple. got a lot of nerve to be like, yeah, talk to her. Because they could compare notes and really come to the realization that, hey, somebody tampered with the notes. And the only person that had the note in their possession was Brooke.
1: Well, that's part of my, part of my predictions. I think at some point Billy will find that like draft of the letter on her computer.
0: Yeah. I think so too. You know? Yeah. So, um, of course, like this is not news that Allison wanted to hear. I think she was like holding out hope even after talking to Brooke that perhaps there was something that she could do to salvage their relationship so they, Billy's just like, take care of yourself, okay, Allison? And then they just get off the phone. All the while, Brooke is just smiling her little, hi, one smile.
1: This is so great. My question is, why does Brooke want Billy this bad to go through all of this?
0: And it's like, it it was organically happening. Like, he's obviously really into Brooke.
1: Yeah. Like, he would probably choose Brooke over Allison yeah. if given the opportunity. And
0: like, look back just a week ago when Allison was running D&D and how she was treating Billy. It's like he, night and day.
1: He went into her, her office and said, do you know how I know you're stupid?
0: <laughs> That's a direct quote. Yeah. It's true.
1: He doesn't like her. So now we're at the hospital. Out front of the hospital, and Matt confronts Paul (laughs) about um, the non pickup and
0: yeah, just like totally blanking on him. And I'm just like, could Matt see Paul through the window, just like looking at him? Because that would be weird,
1: yeah, just like a silhouette being like, I don't fucking know, not sure what he's doing there.
0: So Paul says. I just couldn't leave. Carol saw you and she just flipped out. I couldn't leave. and She
1: was inconsolable.
0: And Matt's like, you haven't changed your mind, right? And and Paul's like, no, 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 of course. Like, I'm still leaving her, but I just care about her. Oh, God. And I need you to be understanding.
1: If I was Matt, I would be out.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of like, like. That's it. Matt gave him a few chances. And like you said, too, there's really like they hooked up. Okay, it's not like they're building this beautiful relationship. They don't like they fuck twice. Yeah. Like that's kind of it. And like like you mentioned too, Paul is very needy for my taste. Mm -hmm. Like you got a lot of baggage. And every time Matt has like a like any kind of contact with him, it's usually him begging Matt to like be his friend. And like, like, please, Matt, I need your help. You have to help me through this.
1: Matt, explain to me what being gay is. And then he's (laughs) how to leave my wife. And
0: then he's like, just do this one thing for me. And then he totally blanks on him. And it's like, yeah, bye. But I think Matt is always the type of person that wants to do the the right thing he wants to give people the benefit of the doubt and i think he looks for the good in people and he wants to believe paul he might see a spark in their relationship and think if we can cultivate this maybe this could turn into something big
1: it can't (laughs) so joe shows up to wilshire memorial with flowers for jake and jake says that joe showing up is a joke
0: well, no. Well, she says, "I came with a peace offering," motioning to the flowers, and she said, "I had pizza and beer with me, but the receptionist made me ditch him at the at the check-in counter." And then she like kind of looks at Jake, thinking that that would get a reaction, and she says, "That was a joke." And then Jake says, "No, you showing up here is a joke."
1: Ooh. Now, the reception at the hospital, we've We've already set up that this really is not a very
0: i mean the secure only place person that really holds the keys is Matt, and right. maybe he's not working this shift.
1: maybe, but I mean we like killers, screaming people, um unwanted visitors, they all get through
0: oh they're in in and out.
1: but pizza and beer though uh-uh
0: nope, in the trash, <laughs> um Fort so Knox. okay. So, I feel like the whole purpose of Joe going to visit is to, like, stand up for Jess, which is really annoying to me. She's like, Jess is working 14-hour shifts for free and is not getting paid. And no I'm just one asked of, him like, that. He, no one wants him there. <laughs> and then secondly, if he's tending bar, he's making tips. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell,
1: please tell Jesse is fired? Yeah,
0: like get out of my bar.
1: I kicked him out of my apartment and I told him that he was fired. Can he please remain fired?
0: Yeah. And so Joe is like, you only see Jess as a child as how he was when you were growing up. He's so different now. And Jake is like, look, Joe, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know my brother. He tried to kill me. I know he is behind this. And he says to her, you only know Jess between the sheets and one way or another, you're gonna get screwed when you mess with Jess.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. And then he's like, "And what the fuck is that ugly ass pin on your shirt? I got that for my mom."
0: And then he's, Joe is like, "Oh, Jess gave it to me," and she tries to give it back to Jake, and he's like, "No, just like get out of here, like leave."
1: And he's like, "It's amazing he didn't pawn it. I was looking for it when I." <laughs> I tried to find really, really,
0: I, I don't know why Joe has to try to be all up in Jake's face. It's like Jake has made it abundantly clear. He does yeah. not trust Jess. He does not like Jess. He does not think that Jess is a good fit for Joe. So why does Joe need Jake's approval? Stay away. Like, get away from him.
1: Yeah, I agree. This is really too needy. Now, let's go to that courthouse. Michael, all right, I don't get this. Michael is in, like, county jail, like, jumpers and full handcuffs. Yeah. Is that real? Yes. That would happen?
0: If you, okay, number one, it's not like he's just getting picked up on, like, a domestic disturbance call. He has violated his his probation, because, like, I'm sorry, he's violated the restraining order. How? and Because Kimberly was at his apartment.
1: Did Kimberly have a restraining order on him? Amanda did.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, they bring up the restraining order. But they caught him in the act of... of Hurting assaulting her. Assaulting her. Right. And she probably chose to press charges, which would mean he's got to wait in jail before he's able to get his bail hearing to determine if he's a flight risk or not and if the judge deems him to be safe to be to wait for his trial outside of jail now the they they deem him to be dangerous enough that he needs to stay in jail because Amanda's there and brings up the fact that he has violated the restraining order
1: and that yeah and that he's stalking her
0: and so the bail is set at two hundred thousand dollars. michael's like oh god i'm dead i'm dead i didn't i didn't do anything and kimberly and amanda are all like smug like finally michael's gonna get what he deserves Uh, yes
1: there was there was sort of a gotcha moment with amanda and michael michael thought that amanda was there like in his defense for a Inkling of a second why I'm not sure, I don't either. But he's like, Oh, thank God you're here. And then she feeds him the same line that he fed her.
0: He's like, Oh, you want to count your friends to see if you're done already?
1: Yeah, so Michael is he's fucked. He's not in good shape right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, he really, this is serious stuff and he could be put away for a long time. And even
1: like. Disbarred. Oh,
0: wait. Well, whatever, getting your medical license taken away, what the yeah. equivalent is um, to being disbarred. And furthermore, when you're waiting for your trial, you've like, that can take months to put together. And he's you're in gotta, He's got to be in jail.
1: Yeah. Like- Sucks. Freaking commis- commissary. Yeah. Ramen noodles.
0: All that.
1: Let's head over to the Santa Monica Pier where shit goes down. Yeah,
0: and we know that this is Brooke's happy place. She <laughs> loves to go to the Santa Monica pier and play air hockey.
1: More more backup that Brooke is fifteen.
0: You know, yes. <laughs> yeah. She's underage. Now, the thing that really stood out to me the most about this scene is that they're in this like packed arcade and <laughs> everybody is adults.
1: They're all adults and they're all in jean jackets.
0: Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, okay, you go on like a Saturday night to an arcade like this. It's going to be tourists out the wazoo. They're all going to be between like seven and 15 and most of them are just gonna have their moms with them
1: yeah all jean jackets no african-americans all flannel
0: and it's just like white 20-somethings like hanging out at the arcade yeah this
1: is not representative of santa monica pier look
0: i was i was young in the 90s you know during this time i was probably 10 to 12 somewhere in that neighborhood but i mean I don't think people that were of drinking age would be like, "Let's go to the arcade." Yeah,
1: no, not for sounds
0: me. terrible.
1: So they are. They, apparently, this is like their thing. They play air hockey to like relieve stress, and they've we we, we they've set up that like they play this game all the time. They're the championship's on the line and like.
0: And they have these dumb little wagers like oh yeah I already like have to go. Like they have all these dumb things that they have to do. Yeah. Who like
1: who who wins. You you won so I can't eat peanut butter for a
0: month.
1: (laughs) Like bullshit like that. That's my
0: primary food group.
1: Yeah. Um, So they're just joking and jest. Brooke is like all right, next point wins grand champion of the world and if i win you have to marry me and billy's like okay let's play
0: so they play and of course brooke wins and she's like i own you ha 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 you have to marry me and then she's like don't worry i won't hold you to it it's just a game
1: and billy says my bet's a bet you won me fair and square
0: And so they're like having a great time. They're like laughing. They walk out of the arcade for some air. And this arcade is situated on the Santa Monica pier. So it overlooks the ocean. And they go to uh, like one of the, like the, the railings as they're looking, looking out into the sea. And Billy kind of gets a little quiet. And Brooke is like, what's wrong, Billy? And he's like, nothing. Nothing nothing is wrong. I'm just happy for the first time. I just feel like I'm just, there's nothing wrong. I just, I want to be with you and I don't want to lose you. And then he says to Brooke, no joke, Brooke, will you marry me?
1: What the fuck is
0: going on? (laughs) It's like, and then again, timeline, how long have they been seeing each other?
1: Eighty hours.
0: No, I'm gonna say max three weeks.
1: <laughs> like, max, max. The, yeah, like
0: not even a month.
1: No, not even a month.
0: And he's just getting over this three year relationship, and he's like, "I w- like, let's get married."
1: He's he's in, and I mean, it's Brooke, man. I don't blame him. Brooks a catch, <laughs> and is especially yeah, a but catch she's for Billy. Fifteen
0: years old. <laughs> True.
1: You may want to ID her before you sign any papers, but uh, yeah, he he shouldn't let Brooks slip away because it's the best Billy well, can do.
0: We'll see. It's
1: the best Billy can do. Okay. Let's be honest. Well,
0: here. like Allison isn't isn't like a a hag. Like Allison's pretty attractive too.
1: She's got baggage, though. Alcoholic.
0: Yeah, okay. You know. Well, the next scene, this is one of my faves.
1: Oh, dear Christ. Let me prepare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Let's go. Kimberly, she's changed motels. As you'll remember, Kimberly is staying in seedy motels across L.A., which she's a doctor. I'm like, you could at least spring for a courtyard by Marriott, but she <laughs> is... Insisted on staying on these freaking bedbug ridden hell holes and she walks she, in. She
1: can't get off her dress quick enough. She immediately is
0: like, gotta get this yeah, dress she off. She walks in, she takes off her dress, and then she walks into the bathroom area and looks into the mirror. And staring back at her is I'd say a, an aging middle-aged man who looks like he's g- got a couple of miles on his face got a been through a lot his he looks a little deranged
1: his name is Michael Gronman. Groneman G R O N E M A N like
0: that's the actor's name
1: yeah Groneman <laughs> like
0: your or does this person have a name
1: his his character name on IMDb is low life.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um, That's weird. But his last name, grown man, like grown grown man spelled wrong, grown n e.
0: Okay, I'm thinking of like ugh, grown man. <laughs> so.
1: But yeah, he is. He looks. He looks kind of like John Tuturo
0: Yeah, but like really creepy. Ugh.
1: Ew. <laughs> He's in, like, a sweater, just, like, smiling back at Kimberly. And Kimberly's like, what the
0: fuck? Like, if I saw that in the reflection, I would want to just kill myself.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> it looks like a weasel.
0: Damn, take a picture of that.
1: I will. Oh, oh my shit. God.
0: Yeah, he's, he got a nasty. he's got a lot of issues with his teeth. And his hair's really unkempt.
1: And his voiceover is like, <laughs> Hello, Kimberly. And he's like, We have work to do. Don't
0: so, be afraid. <laughs>
1: so, is Kimberly being she, her like inner thought is like that this guy, this nasty ass like, man? That's
0: the personification <laughs> of who she is inside.
1: She's the or crow is a man. If
0: that's like her alter ego. Or is it somebody from her past that's, like, that maybe, like, she, she, maybe she had, like, a crazy uncle that, (laughs) like. Maybe. And maybe that's him. And maybe she's, like, just seeing him. But it is really scary. We have
1: so much work to do.
0: Like, he is a scary person.
1: You know what's interesting is the clothing that's hung up In the bathroom, it looks like all male clothing. Is she...
0: Like... Maybe... Okay. Is she cross-dressing? Maybe Kimberly has, like, multiple personality disorder, now known as DID. And, like, maybe she doesn't even know this, but... She's a guy. Or, like... Or, no, I think, like, she is blacking out and, like... (laughs) Oh, Dan just keeps putting up freeze frames of the low life of this this reflection of Kimberly and it is
1: fucking very horrifying
0: scary very scary but what if Kimberly like blacks out and she like goes out into the world and is this guy like and like
1: <laughs> uh, uh, that's some twisted shit.
0: He is really freaky.
1: Oh, he is—he's a scary guy. But I feel bad that like his cast name is Low Life. Or like, <laughs> I
0: feel bad that, that that face belongs to a real person. <laughs> oh man, like that face is scary as shit.
1: That's someone's dad. That's someone's grand. That's someone's look, uncle.
0: Look at him,
1: like. He they could have named him like demon
0: or like, like reflection.
1: Alter, alter ego. They could have named him yeah, reflection man. No, they went with low life.
0: It's just so weird that that's what Kimberly is seeing in the mirror.
1: Oh I would just jump off a bridge or something.
0: Oh my god. It is like that face will haunt my dreams. <laughs>
1: But uh, so Kimberly, she she's trying to process Oh, and he
0: also says, I'm inside you. (laughs) We have so much work to do.
1: And Kimberly just sort of like huddles in the corner. Like
0: melts down on the wall and she's like, I'm not crazy. No, no, no. I'm not crazy. No, no. I'm not crazy.
1: Maybe this is the guy that broke frickin Sarge's arm. This fucking guy.
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think she has multiple personality disorder. <laughs> this is like one of her personalities. She
1: breaks the window too.
0: Oh, she breaks the mirror. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just rewinding and fast forwarding fa- the faces of this guy. They are we watched
0: Hereditary last night. And I think this is scarier than that.
1: It is, man. <laughs> all right, so that's where we end the episode. Kimberly is just rattling off. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy.
0: No, no, no.
1: So let's recap this mofo.
0: Kimberly successfully frames Michael and gets him arrested. Oh, I just do these now. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah this is all you now, babe.
0: Brooke rewrites Allison's letter and gets Billy to sever all ties with Allison. Jess insists on running shooters while Jake is in the hospital. Paul is playing Carol and Matt. Billy and Brooke get engaged and Timberly's inner psycho talks to her.
1: <laughs> and like gawks at her.
0: <laughs> okay, 90s moments, what you got?
1: Um, I have got in the arcade, there's a Jurassic Park game.
0: Ooh, Jurassic Park games are very well and alive in arcades still today.
1: Right. But this was the first one, 90s. Then Jurassic Park was like the greatest movie of the 90s.
0: Got it. Allison's cursive handwriting when she wrote the letter to Billy. Yeah. Although not specifically 90s, we're seeing now that cursive handwriting is becoming extinct.
1: I've got jean jackets across the board.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of them. Sid's hairstyle and flower choker when she goes to visit Jake in the hospital.
1: Brooke's massively large paper shredder the size of a refrigerator. Those things are very small now.
0: The fact that Sydney would bring magazines for Jake to look at to pass the time.
1: Yep, I've got Michael's paper grocery bags.
0: Yeah, they're making a comeback now, though. Really? Yeah,
1: i are opting for
0: paper. Yeah, you can get paper. Hmm. Um, the fact that Brooke and Billy went to go see Miss Saigon. Uh had a national tour back in the nineties. I think I saw it in O one.
1: Miss what's it about?
0: Miss Saigon? Yeah. It's like a, a musical that's set in I think it's the um Vietnam War. Hmm. And I think it's based on a uh, La Boheme uh wearing a slip under a dress.
1: Slips are sexy. Is that what it is? Yeah. I was I saw was it's like a nighty.
0: No, like you know when Kimberly comes home and she takes off her dress and she has a slip on. Mhm. It's like to prevent like sometimes if like the sun will show through, you could like see through the dress. It just gives you a little bit more coverage. Mm. Okay.
1: All of these episodes have a lesson that we can take away and apply to our daily lives. My lesson this week is that letters are not the best form of communication. They really, really can set you up for failure, especially if you're counting on someone to deliver a letter to you, and they can be duplicated and changed and not be received and taken out of context. Your best bet is to talk in person or on the phone.
0: Good lesson. Thanks. Uh, mine is get your locks changed if your ex-wife is a psycho. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or bar those fucking windows.
0: Yeah, something.
1: It's an open open season on that beach Because house.
0: honestly, Kimberly got in way too easily. And like
1: board up your under under your house.
0: Like, and he was like, I was only gone for 20 minutes. She did that much damage in 20 minutes. Yikes.
1: And like how many homeless bums are sleeping under your house for like coverage? So many. <laughs> Good lessons.
0: Now it's time for Bitch, bitch of, of the, the week! week. I'm a boss-ass bitch. Bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss-ass bitch. We
1: didn't have a full bitch, week of voting bitch, this bitch, week because we suck and we put the podcast out like four days late
0: but guys guess what we are getting back on track and we're we're doing this for you
1: we're getting it back on track y'all but so we did get some votes in and the winner by unanimous decision it was last week was jess versus paul i nominated paul jenny nominated jess the winner of this week is jess
0: congratulations jenny why thank you jess
1: is the bitch of the week
0: yay
1: and i don't think there's many comments on that no this there's week. none <laughs> yeah because uh
0: but that's okay it's all good we're gonna get back on the schedule now but um my recommendation for bitch of the week is actually paul Ooh. i think this week paul really showed us his true colors and really proved to be the two-timing bitch I think we all know that he is. However, I'm a little worried because what is his end game here? Like usually if you're two-timing somebody or if you want that person on the side in addition to the person you've married, you kind of want to keep them both happy. But for him to instruct Matt to go to his house and wait outside... It's obvious he had no intention of going to a hotel or leaving his wife that night. If he had, they would have been in a huge fight, yet he's standing there looking on, drinking his brandy with his wife like, he's still out there? What a psycho. <laughs> That's so weird. It's like e- there's something w- weird at play here. Like either he's just trying to mess with Matt or maybe he really was hired by Kimberly and Kimberly feels that she was somehow betrayed by Matt and wants to get even with him. I don't know. It's does not make sense to me. And I feel like the way he's stringing Matt along and Carol along for that matter really makes him to be a bitch. And I am worried about what he's planning for Matt. So he's my bitch. All right. This week. Dan, who do you think is the bitch?
1: My bitch is credited... His title on IMDb is Jess's partner. Me and Jenny have been affectionately calling him Richard...
0: Ramirez. 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 The Night Stalker.
1: The Night Stalker. Sorry, I don't follow murders like you. <laughs> I don't know who this person Damn. is.
0: But this he's... Is like.
1: One on one. He's the ugly curly head rock star from the last two episodes who shot Jake in the fucking stomach. That's my bitch this week, and here's why. Um, guys, there's nothing worse in business than half asking a job and then having that person expect full payment. That is, uh, like, if you bought a cheeseburger from McDonald's. And it was half eaten. Would you pay full price for that? I don't think so. I definitely wouldn't. But never expect to be paid full price for something that you haven't done all the way. You, have, you get your carpets cleaned and they spray the solution on it and leave? No. You buff that out. And then I'll pay you the full thing. This is a problem in America, in the world, in society. You do a service. You need to do that thing fully. Kill Jake. You didn't kill him, so you ain't getting no money. Don't come begging for your money when you haven't done the work, you bitch. Jess's partner, bitch of the week.
0: Okay, guys, who is it? Is it Paul or is it the night stalker, Richard Ramirez? You let us know. Vote on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, you can weigh in on our Facebook group and Mm -hmm. become a member of that bad boy if you're not already
1: that's right all right this episode was called framing of the shrews i don't get it it's it's taming of the taming of the
0: shrew is a shakespearean play and it refers to a woman so this is obviously framing michael but shrews plural hmm who else is being framed?
1: Um, Jess is being framed.
0: But he's not because he didn't do... he.
1: Michael's being framed.
0: Yeah. Michael is the one person that we know is being framed. Who's the other one? It's plural.
1: Hmm. Maybe
0: Matt? Maybe they meant like... They were referring to Kimberly and Amanda as the shrews, but they didn't want to mess up the title to be like framing by the shrews. Hmm.
1: A bad tempered or aggressively assertive woman is a shrew. Yeah. Framing of the shrews.
0: So I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that they were like directing that toward Kimberly and...
1: Amanda. Amanda,
0: but they're not being framed. They are the, they're doing the framing, so. Yeah,
1: they are framing Michael. Okay. That works.
0: What are you, Dan, going to rename this episode?
1: I'm renaming this one Man in the Mirror.
0: Babe, I have Mm. the same one.
1: That's weird. (laughs) This is not the first
0: time we've done this.
1: That is weird.
0: I'll Whoa.
1: I mean it was the most it was the most like scary part of the It's show. my favorite
0: part of it. I'm like I just want that weird psycho guy to talk to Kimberly. <laughs> ah!
1: I still have the picture of the freeze up on the frame TV. on the TV
0: and it's really scary <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's gotta be man in the mirror
0: i wish you could see dan's impression on
1: him <laughs> he's fucking it's gotta be man in the mirror wow it's gotta
0: be we both what was the other one that we did together um when there's a will there's a way was
1: it
0: yeah i think we've done it more than
1: more than twice yeah yeah all right predictions what do you think will happen?
0: I think Billy is going to find the evidence that Brooke doctored up the letter and that's going to cause him to go running back into Allison's arms. I think that he's going to call off the engagement with Brooke and possibly make his way over to Hong Kong to reconcile with Allison. I think Kimberly is going to somehow be outed for trying to frame Michael and that's going to get him released from prison Uh, I think Jake and Amanda are going to get back together. I hate to say it, but I think so. Um, I think Jess is going to be murdered by the Night Stalker. (laughs) I think the Night Stalker made that promise that he's going to get this problem settled, and I think that means Jess is going down, but not before everybody at Melrose Place catches wind of all of his dastardly deeds, and then they all know that Jake was right in trying to shun his brother. And of course, Joe would then feel really terrible <laughs> about everything. Um, and then I just, for, on a personal note, I want to see more of this weird guy in the mirror. I want to see more of what he has to offer. I want to <laughs> know about the work that he and Kimberly are doing.
1: Can he be in the spinoff?
0: Who is he? Like, what what role does he play? How does he influence Kimberly? It just is all really crazy to me. And th- this has really piqued my interest. Like, this is this the, the storyline I want to see.
1: How did they cast this guy?
0: It, he is terrifying.
1: They're just like, all right. <laughs> Now, I want you to look at us real devious.
0: <laughs> and just laugh maniacally. Can he do that? <laughs> he is effing crazy oh, scary. Oh,
1: dude, he's frightening. He is absolutely frightening. Um, all right, those are good predictions. I think, well, I have questions, not predictions. <laughs> how, how is Michael getting out of this one? The The charges have to get dropped.
0: 'Cause Kimberly they're gonna show that Kimberly's framing him.
1: Yeah. So 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 that's that, the only way. And that means that he has to make a, either make up with Kimberly or or Kimberly gets deemed just batshit insane and yeah. then anything she's involved with gets thrown out.
0: Or there's proof that she framed him.
1: Yeah. Uh what the hell is happening with Matt and Paul? I I have no I can't even like imagine things. <laughs> I don't know I don't know where I would stu- like what is the there's no motive for Paul. He Paul just shows up and is like, Oh, you're gay. And then like he sought him out. He like forced his hand twice and now he's trying to like pit his wife against it's him. It's weird. It's really weird. It it to me it seems like it's very like uh uh, like swinger Like role playing thing Like maybe him and his wife Just like that shit
0: Oh That's not <laughs> anything I considered But I love that Yeah
1: maybe they just love Maybe that's like, why I
0: had, They had to move from Wherever they came from Because they got like Too embroiled Yeah
1: In this like role play Like you oh, your gay <laughs> friends outside <laughs> You fucking drink this And bang this shit out of me <laughs> uh. You know,
0: I wish it's that.
1: I hope it's please be that. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I can think of is they're just swinging role play like real deep. They're in too deep. (laughs) That's my imagination. Uh, Allison has to get back on a plane to L.A. to stop Billy and Brooke. Mm -hmm. She gets wind. I think she maybe she'll call Jane. And Jane will be like, oh, yeah, they're they're getting married. I'm making her dress. I make all the dresses.
0: I actually just took the dress I made for you and just made it a size two. (laughs) Brought it in a little bit.
1: Ouch. Because Brooke's way sexier than you. Um, I think that Jess and Jake have a steel cage match um, for Joe's love. And winner gets Shooter's. Shooters shooters is is
0: on the line
1: Shooters is definitely on the line Like Jake's gonna come back and like It's gonna be called like (laughs) Rooters Jess is like
0: (laughs) We're a football bar now We just root like people come and root For their teams
1: We don't do pool anymore Little brother (laughs) We do football All right. Now go on and take out the trash Um yeah that's I don't know what's up with Jane. I don't know about Jake and Amanda. They can't get back together, can they?
0: they? they, I mean, they can, but I just really advise against it.
1: Yeah, for all of our sakes, don't get back with Jake. So that is all I got. Jenny, would you like to say anything else?
0: All I want to say is that I thank you from the bottom of my heart For listening to us, guys, and supporting us. We love you all very much. And I got to say, your involvement in our Facebook group is just so fun. And it's awesome. We love looking at it and seeing what you guys are posting about the show and about, you know, fun things that you've found in your own collections of Melrose Place memorabilia. And uh, yeah, we just think you guys are, are awesome. And
1: we've had our best month ever in October and this shit ain't over yet. We're crushing it right now. And that's all attributed to you guys sharing yeah. the podcast with your friends and getting it out there, man. So we thank you.
0: We love smut.
1: And we love you. <laughs>